to be out there trying to serve and help families wherever they're at. And the side benefit is I just get to meet so many grateful people. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, where have you been? Well, I just got back from Greenville, South Carolina for the first convention of the year. Of course, that, when this podcast launches, will be a couple weeks. So this is always the already not yet conversations that we're having. Right. But, you know, just just real quick, because I want to make sure that school teachers or those in hybrid schools, or anybody who doesn't identify with going to a homeschool convention. I just wanted to share, when I was a school teacher, it was very exciting for me to go to the homeschool conventions because there were so many curriculum providers and so many speakers that they gave different perspectives on ideas that I could then turn around and bring into my classroom. Mm-hmm. So when when we say homeschool conventions we're really saying education conventions that any educator can is welcome to go to oh, and yeah. there's so much so much available for well, them. Well, I would say every place I go, I meet school teachers. Exactly. Who are coming to get ideas, see what's new. And you know, a lot of a lot of teachers are parents. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that you see or hear or learn or products you might consider are great for all families. They're they're not specific to homeschooling. I just shared the other night with a a couple who would like to homeschool, but circumstances do not allow for them to do so. And I said, you're homeschooling. You're just not doing it full time. Kind of like what you said, you know. So a, a caring parent is one who is wanting to provide uh, more educational opportunities for their students, for the children. So, so homeschool conventions, conventions, you just got back from one, and you have some new convention talks this year. Yes, it was, uh, it was a case where I had a lot of kind of ideas percolating around. And at a convention, for the most part, you'll find, I think, a quarter to a third of the people that, that I meet and ask – I mean, it's a very big guesstimate, but uh, I would say a third to a quarter, it's their first time. Mm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe another chunk of them, another third or more, they've been to one or more conventions in the past. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few people who really like it and will go year after year for a decade or something. Uh, so I'm always kind of saying, okay, of the things that I can share, what has kind of perennial value, what could people hear again if they've heard it before and still gain benefit from it, as well as what are some new things that I can offer. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of in a 
position where I can almost recommend to uh, convention organizers oh, right. the talks that I think would be best. Yep. And they like new things. Uh, so I did put a couple new talks as well as some old ones into the menu Good. for this year. Great. So uh, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll rank them in order of funnest. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, does irritate a lot of people when you say funnest. But it is in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. There you go. It is not redlined by Microsoft Word anymore. Hmm. And so I have tried to get myself to be comfortable mm-hmm. with the word funnest. I'm I still really great when people say, me and my brother are going to go blah, blah, blah. That's, <laughs> that's a hard one. I'm not sure I'll get past that in my life. But. So the one that I came up with was with uh, Sarah McKenzie. And we, we know Sarah well. Yes. We are good friends. Her readaloudrevival.com and uh, her books, uh, Teaching from Rest, The Read Aloud Family. And so we've just been great friends for as long as mm-hmm. I remember hearing of her. Yes. And and you were the very first person on her, on now her very popular yeah. podcast. Yeah. So uh, I just pitched the idea, why don't we do a session together? Right. And make it kind of lively, you know, kind of like this podcast. You and I get to go back and forth and people appreciate that. I know they do because they've, they've heard it and it's better than just one person drumming on for an hour. <laughs> uh, so we put together a session called The 10 Best Questions We Ever Got. Oh, wow. And this ranges from, you know, kind of a, you know, serious questions like, how do you figure out curriculum? You know, how do you figure out what curriculum to use? Do you know that's the number one question we get from customer service? What do I buy? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, yeah. and we actually have an answer for that. That's in the form of a webinar, our EZ Plus One webinar that we do every month. And so if you are one of those listeners, people new to IEW and don't know what to buy, sign up for one of those webinars, link in the show notes. But you both have an yeah, opportunity to um, talk about that. A lot of people have questions about you know, high school. Mm-hmm. And transcripts, and how oh, do you sure. be sure your kid is ready for college if it's you know in their future? And mm-hmm. so, you know, kind of serious questions like that uh, to more uh, story types of question. What's the what's the best ex- read aloud experience you had mm-hmm. with your family? And then at the end, we do a, a kind of a lightning round with like, what's your favorite tea? Where would you like to have a picnic? You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, I think the people who come are, for the most part, familiar with at least Sarah or me, if not both of us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's something about just getting to know the people that you follow better Mm -hmm. is really delightful. And afterward, we just looked at each other and said, that was so fun (laughs) and a a lot of positive feedback. Mm -hmm. So. I was very, very grateful that we could do it. Uh, we're going to do it five times at all of the great homeschool conventions. And, you know, I think it'll be different right. every time. Sure. We we have our little list of questions, but the way we respond will probably 
you know, evolve a bit over the You will sequence. have slept since the last time you answered that question. And I'm sure the GHC people are recording that so that if people can't make it to a great homeschool convention, they'll be able to listen to it. Well, I thought that was the case. Uh-huh. But evidently, I have been told that you can only buy the recordings of the convention talks at the convention. Oh, they're not offering them online so, at all. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a different yeah. way of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but certainly we could, maybe after the whole season is over, invite Sarah to do a podcast and we could... Oh, that's a great idea. We could do a, we'll a replicate recap it. Yeah, that's a great that, idea. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners. But that was a lot of fun. So that was the funnest of the three <laughs> new ones. Another one I was a little bit uh, hesitant to do, but I felt, okay, this I should, mm-hmm. you know, is uh, a talk called The Three, Maybe Four Best Things I Did as a Homeschool Dad. Mm-hmm. And I was hesitant because, you know, my ego always wants packed rooms. You yes. know, I like I like big audiences. <laughs> and I was hesitant because I thought, well, you know, 90% of the adults at a homeschool convention are moms. Mm-hmm. And there's just not that many men. And would they really come mm-hmm. to a talk? But it was packed out. It was standing room only. And there were, I think, maybe almost every man in the convention was there, plus a whole lot of wives and, and moms. And I thought, oh, they came here to figure out whether they wanted to buy the recording and give it to their husband or not. Right, right. Yeah, and I think you have to be careful, and I know you were, to not you know, berate dads for not doing enough to help oh, their wives with homeschooling. No. I mean, it's just, that's no, just in such fact, a message we hear too often. After, after the talk, a man came up to me, and he, he was borderline weeping. I mean, it was almost in tears. Wow. And he said, it was so great to hear how imperfect your family is <laughs> because I have in my mind this Facebook perfect family mm-hmm. where everything's clean. The kids are always well-dressed. They always get everything done. They always go off to you know college with full scholarships, and we're not like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well— Nobody is really. <laughs> right. um, and it, it used there actually was a song a long time ago, the cover of the teaching home. There was a, a magazine. Mm-hmm. And if you got your family on the mm-hmm. cover of the magazine, you were like this, you know, super <laughs> heroish kind of homeschool family. And it made fun of the fact that yeah, anybody can have an appearance of being so perfect. But the truth is it's it's messy messy business. And I guess that came through as I was sharing some of, you know, our experiences and my experiences of imperfection. (laughs) Well, and I'm just going to add in the same way that we'll try and get Sarah on to schedule a podcast and recreate that session. We do have plans to launch a version of your talk for Father's Day. So during that Father's Day period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll give a preview. So People always wonder, okay, if you have a talk called The Three Things, yeah, three. what are the three things? Well, you said three or four. Yeah, well, it Depends was— Depends if you run out of time Because I didn't know if I'd have time. But <laughs> that also intrigues people, like three, maybe four. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, part of the convention 
the art of creating a good talk title is to give enough of a hint that intrigues people, but not so much that they would say, oh, I don't need that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't say what the three things are, people are wondering. Mm -hmm. But uh, the first thing that I talked about was, of course, reading out loud to the whole family, Mm -hmm. which is something that many dads, if not most, can do with very little preparation They don't need lesson plans. They don't really need anything but to figure out what book they want to read and make everybody sit in the room and listen to it. So, And, you know, we've talked about that a lot, but it always is worth revisiting. The second thing I talked about was teaching classes to your kids with other people's kids Mm -hmm. and the benefit of creating a little class, even if you have to do it in the evening. Sure. Right? Even if you have to say – okay, you know, we're going to do this class at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night or Tuesday night or whatever fits your schedule. And it doesn't have to be an academic subject. It can be anything that you know about and like or want to learn about. And so, you know, talk about that and some of the examples and how I found that, you know, even though, you know, if someone said, what's your profession? I'd say I'm a teacher, right? Even though, I feel like, yes, I'm a teacher. I always discovered that I never would make teaching my own children a priority because I was always busy helping other people's children or running a business or traveling or whatever. But to schedule something where you're accountable to other families, it changes the whole dynamic. And that was, I think, a particularly good thing. So we'll talk about that more later. Mm -hmm. The third thing was organizing family meetings mm. in a very structured, you know, almost like a, a corporate way where you have a schedule and you have an agenda and you go through this and you do this week after week. And, you know, the, the benefits of the organization, we have talked a bit and I think we even have a podcast or will about de-stressing, mm-hmm. avoiding burnout, yep. and the value of organization yes. in that way. Mm-hmm. And so this this is one thing that I as a dad could do to kind of in a, in a consistent way create an organizational tool that my wife found tremendously helpful. Right, yeah. And then the fourth one was I talked about there may be a time, not always, which is why I put the maybe – uh, where it's helpful for a dad to just take over a kid, mm-hmm. you know, for a year or something and say, mm-hmm. okay. And usually it's around that age where the child starts to really mm-hmm. have some issues with mom and not wanting to cooperate and do everything or figuring out a way to argue or evade the things they don't want to do. And sometimes the dad energy, you know, okay, you're accountable to me. Here's the plan. And that is going to force that child to to be more independent as well as be more accountable than what he or she was used to kind of growing up in this friendly play school world of moms. Yes. <laughs> and then that if you have more than a couple kids, that frees up mom to focus on mm-hmm. maybe some of the younger children who have perhaps got short shrift in some way yeah, for a while. So true, true. those four things, uh, you know, obviously it's the first time I did it in a in that full way. And over the course of, you know, 
five or six or seven conventions, I think I will refine it. So we'll put that on the podcast calendar for later after I've had more time to yep. work out the, the good stories. Yep, good. And your third talk. Yeah, this one is... Least fun. At least fun, but maybe of greatest import. It was one that I mentally resisted doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've had a few talks, one of which is uh, called Conquering Corrupt Culture by Raising Christian Communicators. And I think we have that one available mm-hmm. on our website. And I've done that for almost 15 years and it, it's changed over time, but mm-hmm. it's it's a very, very convicting and effective talk, I think, to help parents get a very strong focus on what are we really doing here? And teachers as well. You know, what are we really doing? Right. Things have the appearance of it's all about school and we look at subjects and grades and academics and grade – grade averages and transcripts. But what we're doing in teaching children is something much, 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 much more significant, as we all know. But how do we get from that more superficial level? Not unimportant, but how do we get to the deeper understanding? Mm -hmm. And then the last couple of years, I did a talk on culture, curriculum, care, and community. I think we did podcast Mm -hmm. on those Mm -hmm. ideas. And the extension off that was me starting to think, okay, what are we really doing here? And what are we preparing for? Mm -hmm. I think almost everyone who's lived through the past few years, even the past six months, with relative awareness and thought about the world is if not acutely aware, at least suspicious that things are changing, that life as we have known it for the past however many decades we've been around is not guaranteed to continue like that. And there could be some major and significant changes that are coming and that it may not be easy or comfortable or good. So how do we think about without fear – How do we think about better preparing our families, ourselves, and our children for a time that may not be as easy or comfortable as we are used to, whether that's economic or political or geopolitical or cultural changes that perhaps are going to be threatening mm-hmm. to some of our core values. Right, right. So I created this talk called Preparing for Persecution, mm. a curriculum proposal. Mm-hmm. Not that we're publishing a curriculum. No. <laughs> There's no Preparing for Persecution theme-based writing lesson. No. <laughs> um, although I have had the thought that it would be nice to have a theme-based book on um, tyrants and despots, just, you know, for the boys. Uh, But uh, the idea of how do we prepare for uncertainty ahead Mm -hmm. without being in fear, physical, you know, preparation, you know, and a lot of it has to do in that zone with having stamina, being healthy, being stronger, being 
able to do with less and still function mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Another aspect would be, you know, the the mind in terms of what would you like to be able to carry around in your mind? You know, how how do you want to furnish that mind if you're cut off from other sources of information mm-hmm. even or mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. What would you rely on in terms of your your mental furnishing? Right. Yep. And so again, touching on the power and importance of not just memorized language from a "it's good for you" point of view, but memorized language in terms of what would you like to know that you know that you know, right? And that you would be able to share with others who might be in a similar situation of being cut off in some way. Right, yep. And then, you know, kind of on the spiritual side, and I try to do the talk so that it was not limited to people who would share the exact same faith tradition that I have, but looking into your faith tradition Mm -hmm. and saying, of those things that I want to be strong in, Mm -hmm. what practices or habits right now will help carry me through. Yep. And in doing research for this talk, I, you know, read a good number of biographies of people who did suffer persecution, hardship, imprisonment, even suffering to some degree or martyrdom mm-hmm. and how how did they deal with that? So, again, I was afraid this talk would not draw well because, you know, who wants to go to a talk on preparing for persecution? I was originally calling it preparing for martyrdom, but oh. I thought, okay, that's, <laughs> that's even a little harsher. But it was packed out. It was standing room only. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said, you know, afterwards, I'm so glad you brought this up because I have been feeling mm-hmm. the need to think more in this way. Right. And I and I do want to mention to our listeners that we have two online writing conferences planned for this year, one in June and one in October. And the one in June you can either attend live here at our IEW Bixby campus or online virtually. The one in October is only available online, but in the October one you're actually going to be giving this talk. Am I? You are. Well. You knew that. You actually said, I want to give that talk well, at I that guess, conference. I guess I said that in a moment of overconfidence. <laughs> um, but, well, it'll be polished up pretty well mm-hmm. by then. And, again, it's something if if people see the title and say, okay, that resonates mm-hmm. with sure. the way yeah. I've been thinking or even semi-consciously feeling about the world today. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I point out kind of at the end is, you know, this is a little bit hard to think about, but if we don't have some kind of radical change or threat to our way of life as we know it, we will be better for having pursued yep. the disciplines mm-hmm. uh, suggested even if life continues on just as it has been for the next 50 years. Right. So – Next conventions, of course, by the time we launch this, 
might some of these might already be passed, but true. But、uh, there, it's all through the season.、Mm-hmm. The conventions go, you know, well into July,、mm-hmm. and、uh, we they can check the link to、yep. the calendar to see、yep. where I will be doing these and as、mm-hmm. well as other talks. And you know, I, I I will be honest to say, the travel is not as delightful for me. As I once used to imagine, it was. I, I've kind of lost the the thrill of being on airplanes and staying in hotels and eating in restaurants. I, <laughs> I could do life just fine now without airplanes or hotels or restaurants.、Mm-hmm. But I still am called to be out there trying to serve and help families wherever they're at. And the side benefit is, I just get to meet so many grateful people.、Mm-hmm. And wh- I'll tell you, one of the most enjoyable things that happens for me is when a youngish-looking mom comes up and says, "Oh, Mr. Pudo, I'm so happy to meet you. I watched your videos when I was homeschooled." Mm-hmm. You know, and now she's got like a ten-year-old and an、mm-hmm. eight-year-old and、mm-hmm. a three-year-old, and I'm thinking,、mm-hmm. this just makes me feel really old.、Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been at it twenty-five years, and、uh, you know, we've we really have been able to reach a, a large, large number of people through the medium of、yeah. video, and 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 here's a mom. You know, grateful for her homeschooled education, grateful for her ability to write and communicate well, and grateful that she knows what she wants to do a little bit more clearly with her children、yep. that are now school age. And there's something about that generational effect that I find just particularly exciting.、Yep. And I do have one more function. At homeschool conventions, okay. This is my unofficial job. Okay, <laughs> is you know when you go to a convention, there's a lot of booths that don't get a lot of traffic. Okay, right. One of those would be one category of those would be the colleges. Oh, right.、Yeah. And they give out the free pens and little balls or、mm-hmm. you know sunglasses or whatever they're giving out for free, and they're just there, and it's usually. You know, younger people often who went to that school and now they work in admissions or whatever, and they just sit there and nobody really is tremendously interested in finding about their little university wherever it is. So I walk around and I look for the booths where people are clearly bored, <laughs> and I go and tell them a joke. Oh,、two. very good. <laughs> so I am the. Humor ambassador to the poor bored booth sitters. That's that's my special, you know, charism. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listener, if you have time in your schedule, and there's one near you, please get ye to a homeschool convention. Yeah, or even if you drive. Yeah, you know, I would say half the people I met in Greenville. Yep. Drove two to three hours to get there. Yeah, there you, you know, go. From Atlanta or North Carolina or somewhere.、Yep. So, certainly, you know, it's a little more costly、mm-hmm. to travel and do that, but in a way, it's a little more special、yep. as well. And、uh, of course, the kids get to look at all the toys and books and beg for the stuff they want. Yes, exactly. Well, I will also be at a couple of conventions this year, so I'm looking forward to that. And 
actually get to attend one that you're going to be at. Yeah, so. we'll have to have a convention wrap-up <laughs> podcast with all the best stories from the year. Or okay, sounds great. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.